help us in our time of need. Father, there is never a time that we don't need you, even when we're not aware of the need. You know all of the seen and unseen things that we face from day to day, and you've delivered us from the hand of our enemies on every every side, and you're encouraging us to stay encouraged in you. So we thank you, Lord, for that. Open every heart. Uh, to hear your word, allow us to be moved and motivated so that we would do the word and not be hearers only and uh, prove our faith. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. So uh, in talking about the fruit of faith, I thought I would mention some things that, you know, we all know faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Uh, that's a big statement because it encompasses uh, many things. If it's uh, evidence and it's confidence, there are certain ways that this manifests in our lives. And so when we talk about faith, we'll talk about what it motivates us to achieve in life. There are certain things that the fruit of faith will show you that your faith is motivating you to achieve certain things in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. And somebody, when the guys come up here for a sec, Tony or Poppy, can you come up real quick? Stand up, Miss Pat. The Lord wants me to tell you something, sweetie, okay? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Come on up a little bit. You can stand right here and just make sure that you're in front of Raymond. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we just thank you. The Lord has a word for you, Miss Pat. And the Lord is saying, he said, don't ever let the enemy convince you that your heart is not pure toward me. And the Lord says, your faith and your confidence in what God has done for you is an overflow to people that you see and that the people that you meet and you share and you tell about God, that's the fruit of your faith thus far. And I'm going to bring more fruit, says the Lord, for I've declared that you would be a mouthpiece for me everywhere that you go. And the Lord says that boldness and that confidence you have is faith and that your faith is motivating you to declare my glory, declare my goodness, and declare my presence to everybody that you meet. And the Lord says, be confident in this daughter. Keep on keeping on. Keep running from me. Keep declaring my glory. And keep telling people about the wonderful Jesus that you know in Jesus' name. There you go. Hey, yeah. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise God. You know, God just likes to encourage people in what they're doing. And, uh, you know, Miss Pat has been our neighbor watching us from across the street. I know she's been eyeballing us for a while. So she decided to come on over. <laughs> Amen. And that's faith. Amen. Those are those are ways that faith motivates us uh, to get closer to God and to do the things that God wants us to do. So we're just going to let her rest there as long as she wants to rest. And we don't charge for laying on the carpet anymore. The carpet is paid for now. Look, the minute I said charge, she woke straight up. So, oh Lord, this woman ain't gonna charge me for laying down here, is she? <laughs> That's good, Miss Pat. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Amen. So then faith motivates us to achieve more in life. Amen. And uh, 
we have all kind of living examples around here. We've all been motivated by faith to achieve more in life. So faith allows us to achieve more in life than we ever could without faith in God. Just know that God is, is, you know, you can see him as the add to in your life to a certain degree. But he never wants to just be the add to. He wants to get in the driver's seat so that we can accomplish more in life. There's nobody that ever comes into this world deciding they want to be a failure. You have to get talked out of wanting to be successful. And trust me, life will do it. Amen. If you let it, life will do it. And at that point, that's the point where we all reach out for that lifeline, which is Jesus Christ. Everybody that's really, truly born again and really sold out to God has come to that point where they don't trust in themselves anymore and don't trust in the mere human things anymore. We all say things like people will fail you. Well, well, we're conditioned to fail one another. Now, don't blame people that they don't live up to your expectations. Amen. (laughs) Just, you know, praise God we got somebody who does. Amen. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're thankful that we do have a God and a Savior who can live up to our expectations. We must understand that the good things that are put in your heart are put in there by God and they're put in there for a reason. So don't ever want to not accomplish because you haven't gotten there yet. You just haven't gotten there yet. And so if you keep using your faith and keep letting it motivate you to get to the place God wants you to be, then you'll have the things that God wants you to have. So you will achieve more in life with faith, motivation of faith, than you ever could without faith in God. Amen. I know many times people will get discouraged because it's like God isn't doing anything fast enough and he isn't moving fast enough. Well, all we have to do then is find where God is and move along with him. Amen. See, being with God and having God in your heart by faith allows you to be content at the pace that your life is going. You got me? You're, you're never too, he's never too slow. Or ne- We always say that he's always on time. You know, he may not, they, the old folks will say he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. And what that means is that whenever God fulfills a promise to you, he brings time with him. See, what happens when we're craving something or getting discouraged because we don't have something is because we're out of sync either with our faith or with time or something like that. And if you don't put your faith and find where God is and put your faith in where God is doing things currently, you know, you will spend a lot of time being angry and frustrated because you don't have so-and-so right now. You know, the only thing that's happened when we do that is we've gotten over into carnal-mindedness again. You're back over in the land where you used to live before you met the Lord. So if you will move back over into that place of faith and that place of confidence, you'll find that you're encouraged again. You're optimistic again. You're believing God's going to do it at any time again. You're, you're totally believing God. If you've never been there, ask God to help you get there. You got me? Because many people don't even know there's a place where you can be content because we're so accustomed to reacting to our present situation. 
But is that really your present situation? See, that may be your situation in the natural, but it's not your situation in the spirit. If you get over in the spirit where God is, you find this good stuff going on over there all the time. You just moved out of righteousness and moved over into unrighteousness in your thought life. And people say, well, that's some kind of mind game. Uh, Try it and see if it don't work for you. If it's a mind game, it's the best one I've ever played. You got me? (laughs) And I've been a, a victim and a perpetrator of my games. Hey! <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> All you perpetrators out there, you know what that is. Huh? When you were young and in the world, you know, me, me and my three-inch heels. and I was taller than everybody anyway, so I said, well, let's just go for it. See how, see how high I can get. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you know everybody in perpetrate and everybody didn't been victim of some mind games uh-huh. and little guys you knew baby all they had to do was say three babies in a row uh-huh. baby 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 oh he loved me I know he loved me he don't love nobody but me and you go to call that number he gave you, and it it don't even work. It's like the number you are trying. That's your baby, baby. He he number the recording. Uh, so you just been victimized. Am I right, Poppy? Can I get an amen from the from the ex players from the he 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 malayas? Huh? I seen them pictures of you and Miss Nola back in the day. Uh, your brim on and your pinstripe suit. Now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he hung up his playing clothes. <laughs> Amen. And I'm thankful to God for it. Amen. <laughs> I know he is too. So in Mark eleven twenty two, if you will turn there, and this really is the essence of, of how you have uh, success in your faith and how you have good fruit for your faith. Now, the Bible tells us that to every man is given the measure of faith. So everybody has the, and it says the measure. So that means we don't start out with at an advantage or disadvantage as far as the amount. So don't blame what goes on in your life on the amount of faith that you have. But your faith must be placed in something or in someone. And so in the, in the main, we have faith in the natural realm because that's where we live. So <clears throat> you must extend your faith in the natural for certain things. But what faith is at the forefront in your life? So uh, natural faith can exist in the background of your life. And so say, for instance, that you have to have confidence that when you step down, the floor is going to hold you up. Or, you, you know, if you get to an area where it looks a little shaky, you might test it to see if it's okay. And your natural man says, it's okay, just keep walking. you got things like that. But then there are some things where God wants to have the preeminence in your life. And that is when it comes to your spiritual life, your provision, And eventually, the more you trust God, the more he takes over every area 
of your life so that he just invades the whole thing and everything's a lot better. So then your natural faith kind of fades back into the background and your spiritual faith and faith in God starts to move to the forefront and take over. God does this with your permission. He's not going to force you to believe in him. Except in certain situations where you might get there and then you're kind of compelled to, to cry out to God and compel. Well, he wants us to live in that life of being compelled to talk to him and trust him all the time. Not just in emergencies and not just in situations where uh, you've run out of options and you say, Oh, yeah, I remember God, you know, that kind of, I did that for years when I was a new believer. I would go and do things and I'd run into that brick wall and I said, oh, yeah, I can pray. I can ask God. Remember him? And then little by little, he moved to the forefront. I said, wait a minute. I didn't like that brick wall the last time I read it. I can miss the brick wall if I trust God in advance. Amen. And so that's what he wants us to do, live a life with him in the driver's seat, not in the passenger where you got to yank the wheel out of your hand, and definitely not in the back seat, and certainly not in the trunk. You got me? And so we have to really put God in the forefront in order to live this life where we have we live out of the fruit of faith on a continual basis. So Mark eleven twenty two really says, Have faith in God. And this was after the the disciples had the they were walking to the same place they had the day before. And I think that's an interesting thing because God can change your tomorrow very suddenly. Amen. It doesn't have to be the same thing as it was today. They had walked by a fig tree and Jesus cursed it. It said, and he said, no man eat fruit from you hereafter. He was looking to find fruit on the tree. Uh, you know, it's sometimes trees produce early out of season. That's what he was looking for. It wasn't really quite the season for all of the figs. And people believe this represents natural Israel. He was looking for fruit of faith in them so that they could believe him and they be saved. But, you know, most of them rejected him. And so he cursed that and said, no fruit grow of you hereafter forever, meaning the new co- the old covenant covenant was done away with. So it does not produce fruit for the Jew anymore, but he can be held in that place of knowledge as far as what he has, and then God can open the door for him to receive the fullness of Christ that's available to everybody right now. People debate that, whether the Jews have a different kind of covenant or whatever, whatever, but I say share Christ with everybody. The Bible says go into all the world and preach to God to every creature, not leaving the Jew out, amen, and so uh, our our, our uh, landlord is Jewish, and he he looks at us as his little uh, rabbit's foot or something like that. He says, "Oh my, my dad always say, don't throw the preachers out." Amen. <laughs> That's what he says. And he says, "Oh, you know, you're praying for this wicked old Jewish man." And I said, "You're not wicked, Marshall. You know better." So we try to get him to correct his confession, and but but he loves Christians. He, uh, what kind of car does he drive? He just, Infinity? What is he? A Beamer? Yeah, something like that. But he's got a real strong sound system, and he was parked out here in the driveway one day. He said, come here, Barb, I want you to listen to something. And it was James Cleveland on there. He was so loud, it was like vibrating. I said, go, Marshall. 
isn't that wonderful? I just love that choir. Yeah, you know, so hey, let him enjoy what he enjoys. I tell him we're praying for his soul all the time, and we we claim him for God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. But he loves us. He don't want to throw us out. He wants us to be. He can be there forever. He said, I'll never raise the rent on you. He said, you just be there forever. So, yeah. So it's good. Amen. It's good. But when Jesus cursed this fig tree and the disciples were amazed. Amen. So we can excuse them because they weren't baptized in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) When you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, the things that would amaze you in in the natural seem normal to you. You notice that the supernatural seems kind of normal to us when you're in the fullness of Christ. So he said here uh, in the morning, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mark 11:20. in the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots already. It was just the day before he cursed it. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. So Jesus, you know, Peter's always kind of like trying to promote himself to head of the class. And so Jesus rebuked him and said, have faith in God. Not in yourself, not in your your amazing discoveries, but have faith in God. Now, some translations say have the faith of God. Amen. When you see words like in, um, on, around, under, your basic conjunctions, you know, they can be translated with any of those. So there's about, I think, maybe about 20-something, some odd, uh, uh, um, wait a minute, in, on, oh, those are uh, adverbs, tells you the location of things. Sorry about that. There's a bunch of them. So when you think about it, that could be translated in, on, under, around, about, any of those to describe where to put your faith. So it could be have faith in God, which is excellent, have the faith of God. So they are both the same because when you put your faith in somebody, you take on their faith. Everybody understand how that works? If if Chuck tells me that uh, she said, well, Pastor Barb, don't worry about it. I'll get all the books that we need and I'll bring them. I put my faith in Chuck. Actually, God to get Chuck to do it, but she don't know that. But, but she's putting her faith in God, too, to help her to get there. So we're all on the same page. But then I take on Chuck's faith because I'm putting my confidence in her, and then I become the recipient of whatever her faith brings. So really, I take on her faith. I become a partaker of her faith. It's the same thing with children and their parents. If parents tell their kids, well, you know, I'm going to go to bed. I'll get your clothes out for you and, and all of that. I'll get your lunch made for you in the morning. And then your child wakes up and sees that that's done. They start to rest and relax. And I can trust mom and dad. When, and you take on their faith. And so you begin to operate as though they are uh, the ones in control and they are the ones that are doing all the heavy lifting and all the work and you can rest and you can have confidence. So that's what faith is. It's confidence. It's assurance 
that whatever you are asking for or putting your faith in will get the work done for you. So you don't have to keep extending your faith. And the wonderful thing about faith in God is that it grows in God. So see, if I were going to put my faith in Chuck for for the, the books over here and put my faith in, in say, Miss Nola or, or uh, Britt to do the offering and put my faith in Pastor Shirley to get this done, once I see they're obedient to God, then I can just continue to trust God and then he moves everything and I can rest and relax and do my end of things and know that it's going to get taken care of. Amen. And so that's what you want. You want to bring everybody under this umbrella of faith in God so that we're all trusting one great authority for everything and allowing him to motivate our faith direct and move us to do the things and and accomplish what he wants us to accomplish so really when we say have faith in God then we take on the faith of God but what that does too is it obligates us to operate as God would with his faith so we all know the the rules and the regulations certain things we have to believe that we've received them already when we pray and then we have them that's the god kind of faith so that faith will call things that be not as far as the natural realm is concerned as though they are so you can walk around and say you're healed even though you got edward this is eddie's dad Eddie, Eddie was a little uh, whatever for my for my need right now, but this is who I found in the house, so I couldn't call him Eddie. Also, that's some, that's been taken already. But uh, even though I have to use that cane for support in the natural right now, I am healed. As far as in the faith realm, and the the faith of God calls me healed already. Why does that faith call me healed already? Because there's nothing left to do for me to to have my my healing except to believe it if i continue to believe it long enough it'll happen you got me it'll show up in the natural that's the way it is with everything that we believe god for so we when we operate in the faith of god we call those things that be not as though they are once we have prayed and so he says here have faith in god truly I say to you, now we've already discussed that word truly, absolutely, verily, verily. That means there's a covenant promise here. So he says, in covenant, I tell you, he said, this can't be broken. He says, anyone that says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatsoever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. The King James says, when you pray, amen, and it will be yours. He said, and when you stand praying, and never forget this, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. It didn't say run out and tell them you've been a bad person and please forgive me. It says you tell God you forgive them. You got me? He says, and and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but let's not get it twisted. The offense is against God first. Amen. 
and against his law, against his holy law. And so God can release you from the penalty of that when you stand praying. He said, forgive. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven can forgive you. So as we forgive, we are forgiven. Amen. And so God wants us to be successful in prayer. So he accepts our apology and he accepts our plea for forgiveness when we stand praying. And so you want to do that because you don't want something silly like that to hold up your answer. Amen. You want to get that right so you can get your answer and your, your, your response from God. So that's how you can say, call things that be not as though they are. That's how you can say you're healed before you see natural evidence of it. Amen. That's how you can say this job is mine before you have natural, before that job is actually, before you actually start working at that job. Amen. That's how you, well, don't go and start claiming people now. Let's come on. I ain't go even, I ain't go even open my mouth in that direction. Ain't nobody yours. Amen. Sometimes women are good at that. That's my husband. That's my husband. Is he got a ring on your finger? The man ain't asked you for nothing yet. But some money. Right. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, amen. Whatever. Uh, okay. I said I wasn't going to go down this street today. Didn't I? I'm not going down this street. I'm not going down that street. I'm not going down this street. <laughs> We're going three times. There's no place like home. <laughs> okay, we ain't going there. So anyway, um and so uh, this is this is the way God expects us to use our faith is to when we ask, you know, you don't have to ask over and over and over again. Just remind yourself that you believed, you received it when you prayed. Amen. Um one of the things that God asked me to do with these pillows that we have he says, those, even though those pillows are anointed with the power of God, you know, sometimes it would take a person a while for their healing to totally manifest. You got me? It'll come to you sometime in a seed form, and the anointing can break the yoke. But if your mind kind of robs you of it sometimes, you know, sometimes if your symptoms are there, your mind will start to boom, 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 back and forth because of how you feel naturally. And so the Lord told me, he said, tell people when they get one of those to take that as a point of contact for the anointing and also for your prayer. And so if it doesn't, if your healing is not complete the first time you receive it, he said just to say, I believe I received it when I received this pillow. And just when you walk by it, remind yourself, oh, yeah, I thank you, Lord. I believe I received my healing when I received that so that you don't have to keep starting over again asking God to heal you again. You got me? He heard you that time. You received it already by faith. And so you keep going with that and just thank God. Thank you for healing me. I received my healing when I, he said, even if you have to take, and he told me, he said, take some post-it notes and tell them to write the date on there and stick it on the inside of the pillow you know because they zip up and, and down and so he said just dip it up open it up and put your date in there and then go back and check it later and see if you didn't receive your healing outcomes because see a lot of times we think because it hasn't happened in the natural yet we haven't received the fullness of the promise we think we got to start all over again 
Oh, was I in faith when I prayed? I don't know. What does faith feel like? If faith feels like what you did when you prayed. You got me? And, so, and if you're ever, ever afraid that you weren't in faith, take agreement. Did he say if you two of you agree on earth as talk, touching anything, it doesn't even ma- mention faith. It mentions agreement. So you can have partner faith. You can have individual faith. But put your faith in God and in his word. Amen. So you want to believe that God's word is going to come to pass. And that's really the law of faith. That's how it's done. Romans 10, we all know that, uh, is, is the way to, to get people to believe in Christ. If you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you shall receive or you shall be saved. And so it's believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. Sometimes you, you think you're in, in doubt and sometimes you are because your head is telling you something different. You know, you can't listen to your head and just speak to your head and tell your head, listen, my heart is believing, my spirit is engaged here. Head, you just sit there and be quiet and do what you do you and I'm going to do me in here. But we going to get what I ask God for, amen. And you can head, you can enjoy it or you can sit there and be in marveling. So, but anyway, and this is how to bring spirit, soul, mind and body together. And that's what you want to do. And when that's complete, your body will catch up. Your spirit will talk to your mind. He will convince your soul that your body is healed. Amen. And they won't fight each other anymore. They all come into agreement. So that's what the, the faith of God, when, when, when Jesus told the, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, the ex-issue of blood, that her faith had made her whole, that's what he meant. He said, your spirit caught it. Your mind stopped bugging you, your soul got converted, and your body got healed. Amen? So that's why the word says, love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, being your body. Amen? And so he wants us to have that wholeness all the way across the board. And so just keep believing God. Keep thanking God for what it is he's done for you. Call those things that be not as though they are. And thank God that you believed you received what you asked for already. Because you did. If you got his word, you got his promise, you received his promise, then you received the thing that you asked for. It's the same thing. Don't ever doubt it. And once you get yourself convinced that that's the way to, to manifest your, your, uh, your promise, then God will, will help you with that. So, uh, let me see. So if you speak believing it will happen, it will be done for you. Even throwing a mountain into the sea. Amen. That's, and Jesus meant that. Faith makes the impossible possible. That's part of the fruit of faith. You'll look back and see all those impossible things that confronted you and see that they happened. And so your faith did that. We must mix our faith with the word of God to get the supernatural results of God. Amen. The scripture cannot be broken. Amen. So we we go back to that and we understand that God's word is forever settled. There's no debate about his word in heaven. He's already made up his mind about things and he won't repent about what he's promised us. Abraham believed God 
or put his faith in God's word and got the results God promised. Amen. The Bible says Abraham believed God and it was counted as him for righteousness. Amen. And how could that happen unless God placed his righteousness on Abraham because Abraham trusted in his word. Amen. And so he received the God kind of faith because it was in in his account as righteousness. So we must mix our faith with the word of God. We said to get supernatural results. Abraham received many promises from God. You notice that God would do something for him and disappear for a few years and then show back up again. Amen. So God, that's how God does. He operates in our lives at times when we really need it. But with us, he dwells in us so we can have that companionship with God that Abraham couldn't do. But look at all that Abraham accomplished with the relationship that he had. Amen. And so, but Abraham always welcomed God. Whenever God showed up, he welcomed him. And so that's what we have to do. Keep God welcome in your life at all times. And you will receive the results of God. So what does faith accomplish? We finally get into our message, huh? (laughs) Talking about the fruit of faith. If you go to Hebrews 11, and I'll start in verse 3. And we'll talk about the accomplishments of faith. Uh, what does it do besides get your bills paid when you scream loud enough? See, you didn't get you didn't get that done for your much screaming. God took the cotton out of his ears after you were done screaming, Amen, and decided to bless you when your faith came came forth. There was probably a little faith in that scream. He loves you. He wants to encourage that out of you. In Hebrews 11, verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God or at God's command. So that what what was seen was made out of what is not visible. Didn't say it didn't exist. It says it wasn't visible. That's why your faith feels real. Because it is. Because it's attached to something that is real. Amen. It's like, say for instance, if you, you tried to pull a tree up out of your yard. or well, We won't say tree. We'll just say a bush. Something you think you can handle. And, and you find that it don't move real fast. Why? It's attached to something that's real. Amen. It's attached with roots in that soil and it's pulling against you. And those that soil is packed around those roots so tight. And that's the way your faith is. You can't see those roots, but you know it's connected to something that ain't moving. And it's real. Amen. So it's holding on. So your faith is holding on to something that's out in glory in the invisible realm where you can't see it. So all God does when he commands is start moving furniture. He just start moving stuff around. Listen, everything you ever expect from God is already laid up for you in glory. All you got to do is hitch your little faith, your, your little hey, faith, um, what are those things, hitch, that we, we pull stuff with. All you got to do is put your faith hitch into that word and start pulling it on in. I believe I receive it. This is mine, and I thank you for it, God. Amen. And start pulling it on in with your faith. 
don't let the devil distract you that's why it's good when you go to hook your faith connector up you get around you other people who are in faith you get that atmosphere correct so that your faith holds and that line doesn't snap by somebody telling you who you think you are you can't get that god don't get at that oh you don't have enough faith listen devil the little bit i got is gonna do the toe amen because i'm putting what i have in there and i thank you father for your word that anchors my faith so faith here in verse three it says we understand now we think faith is just for stuff but faith also gives you understanding amen faith is the spirit of god god is not a mind he is a spirit spirit acts now a spirit has mental capacities but a spirit is it's not a mind like we know minds to be like our human minds it has mental capacity has intelligence has memory it has many of the attributes of of a mind but it's not a human mind there is a whole person and personhood in a spirit so then just like the spirit of god can give you confidence because confidence is a soulish a willful and a mental capacity confidence has to do with your thinking is it positive or negative is it good or bad is it productive or not productive it also has to do with attitude and and appearance and affect because it gives you a will that's determined to get what it asks for that's what confidence is so confidence really is not totally mental it's it's soulish it's mental but it's also spiritual because it has to be attached to something real that would cause you to have this kind of attitude about it and this kind of composure people who try to you know how we talk about people psyching themselves that you gonna psych yourself up the minute the devil comes and says boo that psych leaves you and you're right back there scared and stupid and crazy like you were before but if you have a spirit of faith and confidence that thing don't get wavered amen it's unshakable if your faith and your confidence is in god amen and so you have to put your faith in god to get you through all of these difficult situations so that you can have the confidence and composure that doesn't waver this is what will make the difference between say the calves and golden state if them brothers could quit cussing long enough and quit doing autographs and endorsements to hit their knees and say god can you have corporate strength to hold up in our bodies give us wisdom to be able to outthink the other team you don't think god will do that somebody need to ask him and find out if he will or not so we'll do it father we thank you to give the calves corporate confidence in their physical abilities we bind weakness we curse all illness we curse all problems physically 
Satan, we bind you away from this team in the name of Jesus. Give them wisdom. Let them outthink their opponents in every single game. And we thank you for a, what, five-game sweep in the name of Jesus. Amen. Y'all don't get that enthusiastic. <laughs> Yay. Amen. Praise God. See, God let, let us do that. Now, didn't he? Amen. He don't care what you pray for. Just pray. Ask him. He said, ask what you will. He said, ask anything according to my will. <laughs> and God is a winner. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So when y'all watching that game, don't be sitting up there with your sons cussing them out. Thank you. Say, God, I believe we received our victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. We've all received it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So we're back to the Bible. No, we weren't out of the Bible. We're back to Hebrews 11.3. <laughs> so faith gives us understanding. Did we say that? Amen. So faith is understanding. So he says here, uh, verse 3, by faith we understand. I like the King James. If somebody can find that, it says by faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. That things which are seen were made from things that do not appear. Invisible, right, that are not visible. Amen. So we we decided that everything you're asking God for, he doesn't have to decide to give it to you. Because it's there already. He's just waiting for you to become aware of the fact that it's there. Amen. So it's no surprise to God that you want it. Because he led you in the word and caused your little bleedy eyeballs to fall down on it. I can't, I can't read my Bible, y'all, because I go to leap. Well, before you go to leap, he let your little eyeballs fall on it. And it ignites something in you. So when, when you read the word of God, in some that we say it's illuminated, jumps off the page we have all kinds of ways of describing how you receive you just received it so god is letting you know this is what i have for you and i'm helping you to receive it i just put the highlighter on this and you receive it now by faith and then you go to asking for it and you feel totally confident that it's going to come now, it, you know, say, for instance, you're asking God for a job or promotion on a job. And you go to the job, and it's hell. Well, it's hell every day. This ain't no new hell. You got me? If you're working with sinners, it's hell all the time. Amen? But you have received from God. Don't let the hell that you're looking at right now in the natural convince you that God didn't give you what you asked for when you asked for it. That's the devil. He always likes to puff himself up like he's really big and he's really important. Uh, he liked the ugly boy at the party. 
You walk in there, and who notices you but the ugly boy? And you was hoping the cute boy would notice you. But he over there talking to somebody else as usual. Oh, here the ugly boy is running after you. Oh, that's the devil. Don't ever let the ugly boy convince you that he's for you. That's all I'm telling you. Just keep resisting him. Amen. Amen. Because they got, they got some game now. They got some rap for you. Just like the devil got some rap for you. Yeah, baby. You know, sometimes they come up there with a new suit and a big wad of cash or something like that. And you can start looking. He's looking cuter now. Don't go there, okay? Just stand for what you asked for. Uh, you didn't ask for that. Huh? You didn't ask for that. You asked for the cute boy. God, give me the cute boy. Uh-huh. Huh? Of course, now sometimes cute don't come with no green. You know, don't come. No, no, don't go there. Don't go there. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, these brothers that wear suits all the time don't go to no job. Somebody buying them suits. And you don't want it to be you. You don't want that to be your job. My goodness. Come on now. Brother, you can't dress yourself? Come on. Give me a break. We just keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Praise the Lord. All right. So... (laughs) Without faith, you have, you see, you have to believe where God starts, and that's where creation, that's what I believe. I think if you try to skip around in the Bible and find something you like and try to believe that, and you don't believe the basics about God, amen. See, Genesis is where God started. That's where he introduces himself to you. So you have to start with believing that he created. You have, you have living in you the God who created all things. If you don't believe he created all things, you won't be able to create, believe he creates anything for you if you need it. You got me? And so we must believe in the God. And it says by faith we understand. We have understanding of this. Not just saying it's so, but you have understanding of it. You understand how he did it. What does it say? It says it was created the things appeared that didn't appear before. So he has a God. He is a God who already has everything in him. He doesn't have the whole world in his hands. He has it inside of him. You got it? And so if these things already exist, then your faith is believing in something that's real. It's, and that's what separates faith from fantasy. Fantasy is trying to conjure up something in your mind to make your world pretty. Huh? Well, God don't do things just for pretty. He does things that are real. All he's doing is moving stuff out of him into you. He's moving it out of him into you. And when Jesus comes to live inside of you, that's what makes that faith real. It becomes rock solid. 
You ever get frustrated with believing God for something and then you say you quit, I'm tired, I quit, and then there's something in you that brings you right back to what it is that you, that's because that stuff is in there. It's in there. You got me? It's real. It exists already. So God is not on a whim just making stuff up and creating it and sending it out here. It is there already. That's why when you go to the Word and you, and you read a scripture that speaks to you, that thing becomes rock solid in you. And you start believing, I just believe this is going to happen. For some reason, I'm not going to move off of this. I still believe this is going to happen. Amen? It may not come in the way of the fairy tale, the way you... You know, some some fairy tales had a boogeyman in them. You ever notice that? They got a lot of mean creatures in there. And so you might have some mean creatures in your picture in the natural. But when God brings it into the visible, that's all you see is what he brought to you, the goodness of what it is that he brought to you. Be careful about um, embellishing and taking away from what God's promised you. Amen. Because you could miss miss what's good for you or or try to get something uh, premature that god didn't promise you see in our minds we could fix stuff up to look very very wonderful and believe and tell ourselves that it's god but if it doesn't match up with what he's promised you then there's going to be hell to pay somewhere you got me because the devil's involved in that And so you have to be confident in God. God, you love me. You have nothing but good for me. I'm going to stick with you because I believe that I've received what I need from you already. I have prayed for it. And I have received it. And so, and I think those promises can nourish you in the time of famine. Say, when everything around you looks bleak and not so good, you have to live off something. And you can live off of those promises that God has promised you and build your world totally on the word of God. Amen? And that's where he expects us to live, is in his world. And then as we're able, he moves things out of the invisible realm over into the visible. Amen? So that we can enjoy life. He wants us to richly enjoy everything that he's provided for us so faith gives us understanding of god and his ways his way is that he just moving furniture out of the invisible realm into the visible realm where you can enjoy it without faith if we don't believe god created we'll understand this basic about creation what do we have everything that that the world tells you you believe in the big bang you believe in evolution you believe a man was was uh, uh, created from monkeys, you know, and, and you know, people, well, they have a common ancestor. No, we have a common creator. Amen. Now, hear what I tell you. Don't believe that nonsense. It's a missing link. Yeah, it's always going to be missing because it don't exist. There are many things in creation that resemble certain things. You know, now that that people know how to, you know, inspect and and all of that, they show, you can show a human embryo looks kind of like a tadpole at certain stages of development. But that ain't no tadpole, that's a human being. You let it grow full to what it's supposed to be. 
And so we have a common creator. Just because we have a common creator, it doesn't mean that uh, uh, we have common ancestors, like we're related. Amen. God formed man in his image, not man and ape in his image. Amen. So God will have some similarities across species because we have a common creator. Amen. That's, that's the link that we need to see is that the same God created all of us. And by faith, we understand these things. Everything you need to find out about anything is in the Bible. You know, people say, oh, we just discovered DNA. It was discovered in the 50s. No, uh, let me, uh, 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 uh. let me beg to disagree with you. Huh? In Genesis 3, what does it say? Took the rib out the man. Where does DNA come from? From our bone marrow. It just says rib because it was a rib, but in the rib is something. There's genetic material. So he formed the woman out of DNA material from the man, making her human. Amen. And so he just blew some hormones when he put the breath of life into the woman. He blew the hormones in there and plumped her up in certain places. And what did Adam say when he saw her? He said, wow. And he started making what? Promises. I said I wasn't going to go down that street today. But that's what y'all understand, so I'm going to have to go down there. No, I'm messing with you. Huh? You notice he didn't have nothing lewd in his conversation. Uh, he told God, he said, let me marry her right now. Before she gets away. Got me? Amen. So he found a compatibility with her because they were both human. She came from him. That's why when, when Eve made a mistake, he went with her into the mistake. Amen. Why? Because he had promised to do that. He could not have done anything other than what he did. He wasn't capable. See, iniquity will cause you to divorce somebody and leave somebody because they make a mistake. I want to say stick around because they're going to make a whole lot more. Before your 40-year anniversary comes, you're going to do a whole lot more of them. Whatever. Huh? But Adam didn't have iniquity in him. He only had the Spirit of God surrounding him. So he had to keep his word. He told that woman in front of God. He said, what did he say? For this cause will a man leave who was his father and cleave to the little ball and chain amen amen so it was good that he kept his vow amen it was good that he kept his vow 
because creation would have ceased humanity would have ceased had he not done that because it took two of them to keep the human race going but he has faith amen he has faith enough in god to believe that god would make it right at some point you got me it's a good thing amen i hear preachers especially men preachers Oh, he should have left her. I say, you dog, you don't even deserve to be in the pulpit. I don't understand your Bible no more than that. Well, if it was me, and I thank God it wasn't you, you'd have messed up everything. Amen. Huh? <laughs> Jack the Ripper. Huh? You know, you don't you don't correct your parents in the Lord. Adam and Eve are our parents. They have to be respected. Honor thy father and mother. It will be well with you. You gotta you gotta dig a little deeper into God and find out what's going on here. But see, by faith we understand certain things. So faith gives you understanding that others don't have. You ever said something to somebody and give them a reason or an example or you said spirit of faith in there is giving you understanding of things word of wisdom word of knowledge amen that kind of thing and so faith will do that for them you must have faith in god so abraham believed god or put his faith in god's word and got the god result that's what you want the results of god so faith also gives us understanding of god and his ways see we can know his acts and his ways and so and, and don't just be looking for his acts all the time learn to appreciate god's ways of doing things and you won't have to be seeing everything in the natural before you try to believe so we'll believe other things if we don't have faith in god we'll believe in the you know and now people believe in global warming that's all because they don't understand how god formed the earth if god created it and put crazy people in it he don't care how crazy we get he can fix anything that comes along problem is the people who believe in these things are not connected to god they never seek god for their answers i remember a a comedian he's passed away george carlin anybody ever and so they got his old videos on youtube now he talked about how arrogant we were to think that we could make this world continue to go beyond what God wanted. Amen. He got to be a preacher in his old age because he was, he was appalled that human beings would take the tack that we could stop something from happening by making sure we don't eat and emit carbon. You know what I'm saying? Just stupid stuff like that. People will buy it wholesale and invest a lot of money in it and make a lot of money from it. But the other thing you got to follow the money to find out where where the devil is and so no, I'd, I'd rather believe in god i think what people are experiencing now because there's so much sin sin is so rampant in the world they're experiencing the fires of hell heating up you got me it's a warning to to run to salvation and ask god to forgive you so you quit messing things up like this it's amazing once people start living right, thinking right, and acting right, how peaceful they are. And they forget the world is supposed to come to an end. Yeah. 
just look at the people who are perpetrating this. You don't see no Christians out there, or hopefully none. Because you'll get some crazy preachers out there preaching this stuff too. But we must believe in the creator of the universe. The Bible says he who comes to God must believe that he is. He's alive, that he's real, that he exists. And that he rewards people who diligently seek him. Amen. Seek him. Not what he has. Not his knowledge. Not what he's got. Not fleecing him. But seek him. You want to talk to God face to face. And understand these things. So faith allows us to see behind the natural world. Go beyond this curtain that is the natural world. And see into the supernatural world. Man, see things beyond where the natural eye can see. Many of the many uh, major innovations that have been made in medicine had to be discovered on the behind the natural eye realm of visibility. When they invented the microscope, people found out there's a whole world out there we never knew anything about. And that one was causing all the major problems for us. But also that would be where all the major answers would come from. And so when we can see beyond the obvious natural realm, then we can tap into the supernatural of God. Hebrews 11.4, we see this one. It says, by faith, Abel brought God a more excellent offering, the King James said. Or better offering. But I like the word more excellent because what God requires has excellence in it. It's not better. It's superlative. It's excellent. He says more excellent offering than Cain. He did that by faith. By faith he was he was uh, proven as righteous. And God spoke well of his offerings. So when you do things by faith, God speaks well of you and he accepts uh what you give by faith now this this has been proven out so many times now the the uh people who are teachers doctrine people will tell you oh if you don't tithe you're cursed with a curse well if you're born again under the new covenant there's no curse on the new covenant so so they're going to have to take the curse off the table. Yes? But suppose you can't get your faith together. Suppose you got bills facing you. You keep looking at your bills. You keep looking at your money. And you can't get it together to, to go jump and do the 10%. Well, then God says, prove me. Amen? So you can jump out there without everything and prove him. Once he's proven, though, you better keep doing it. Amen. But we know for a fact that if you don't obey the conditions, that promise is not yours. Amen. So you can't claim the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You have no room to contain it. But you'll be blessed in the measure of your faith. That's the mercy of the new covenant. That's the mercy of God coming into your life when you extend faith out there. Your faith will grow as you use it. So that many people who desire to be tithers and give more will eventually get there if they keep on that road of faith. We've all done that. We've all done that. 
So once you're doing that and it's kind of working, nobody can talk you out of it and tell you now you're cursed all of a sudden. Huh? You better tell Jesus because he hung on that cross for to pay the penalty for that curse for me. Amen. And I'm going to continue doing my best and realize whatever grace comes to me as a result of the faith that I use is sufficient. God's pleased. God's satisfied. His grace is sufficient for me. Amen. And so when once you start to move in that realm of ever increasing faith. Remember them teaching? Amen. And your faith will increase and hopefully go beyond the tenth. If your faith is increasing, you can go beyond that. You don't have to stop there and stop the flow of blessing. But God wants you to see that he's a merciful God. He's not a hard uh, taskmaster in, in putting the hammer down on you every time you want to. And the preachers do that. I'm going to tell you who does it is people who ask him for your money. Grow up. Uh, but don't quit giving. I mean, sometimes these are touchy things because we can want to quit giving because we think the people aren't right. Well, God's right. You offer it up to God and, you know... Give where you get fed. You'll be fine. Amen. So so now, uh, what are we Hebrews for? It will cause us to do excellent things. Faith will do that. So if you want to do things with excellence, you must use your faith. Do what the faith of God tells you to do. And you will do excellent things. It's important to me how we reflect God's love when we do things especially publicly and and so i've endeavored to do things or or set standards uh for the work that we do here in line with what my faith is telling me uh we need to do now uh, i'll tell you some of the things god ministered to me <clears throat> early in 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 the life of the ministry so you get an understanding of where my heart is when i do certain things um, God would tell me to do things like he said, he said, I want you to keep in touch with people. I would always send out cards for, you know, them same cards. I know what y'all think of them cards. Well, here that same one she gave me last time. Like, what is that? That looks like Pastor Barr's birthday card. But <laughs> I ain't thinking about y'all. You're going you to get the same. Now I'm going to write it down what I sent you the last time. <laughs> but anyway. Gabby likes them. All the kids like them. When they little kids, they all love them. For me, Baba sent it to me. Well, that wears off after a while, but I enjoy it while I can. But he told me, he said, never take people. Once you put people on that card list, don't ever take them off. Amen. You know, unless they pass away or they get some goofy idea that you're harassing them or something. You know, I've had people call the church and say that. Well, I left and I think if you keep sending me this, it's harassment. Well, you take them nuts off of there. You understand what I'm saying? Because, see, that that is a, a, um, it's a gesture of goodwill, forgiveness. We're not holding anything against you. You're free to come back anytime you want to if God so tells you to do that. The door is open to you. That's that gesture. That has to be done. And so I've endeavored to do that, and and I've done that simply because it projects an excellent spirit toward 
the outside, whether people receive it or not. Excellence means that your faith is telling you that God never shuts the door on anybody. Amen. And so you have to keep that door open for people in case they do listen to God. And he tells them, go back to the last place you got blessed so you can be blessed again. You understand what I'm saying? Take up the ministry that I've given you for prayer and watching again so that you can be blessed again. Amen. And so, amen. So those things must be done. When we started having conferences, I know many times people think, oh, look at all this food. This is a waste. Then the devil tell you stuff like that. Amen? Amen. As long as you get what you want, <laughs> don't worry about it. Well, my money is going. How do you know that? Huh? How do you know that? How do you know what, whose money is? You understand me? See, we can be very critical, just try to get with what's going on here and see what we're doing. Amen? And so what I've endeavored to do is never have anybody leave a meeting dissatisfied either with the spiritual service of it, the level of the word, the level of anointing, the level of hospitality. Because that's the first ministry of any minister. Did you know that? The Bible says, if you desire to be an overseer of my people, you must first be given to hospitality. And that is taking care of people's needs. Not just smiling at people when they come in and then talk about them when the door is closed. We all been to churches like that. Amen. And then when you catch them unaware, you get how they really feel toward people. You got me? But making people feel comfortable in your presence. Because churches and people who operate in the power of God get persecuted. And I feel if we're going to be persecuted, be persecuted for the level of the anointing, for the power of God that's present, but not by omitting things that can make. I can say this. We went as far as we could to make everybody feel comfortable here and feel satisfied when they came. You got me? And so your faith will push you to do excellent things. Like when we have the ministers uh, uh yeah, thank you, reception. Have, we have a lot of variety of things out there. I get tired of rolling little meatballs and little donuts and, I mean, uh, you know, little pinwheel things and all the little things we put out there. But I do it because I don't know what people live like at home. I don't know what it costs them to make it to the meeting what they had to sacrifice i don't know if they had a meal before they came or not i don't know if they'll have one tomorrow you got me but they need to know the god of abundance that's why i do it because we serve a god of abundance and i'm not trying to prove anything to anybody but it's in my heart and God will put things in there and say, now I want you to do it this way because they need to see I'm a God of abundance in all things. 
and if they put a little extra one in a flip or something or you know that kind don't get upset because they look like they need something to you just bless people and keep going amen just bless them and keep going i'm just being honest you know y'all y'all know me you know me well enough to know how god has taught me to roll but i know one thing if you come in here and you're invited to a meal we'll never say we ran out of anything or we didn't have enough amen because that's not the god of abundance and people get very offended with not enough amen they get very offended when we pass out bread we don't just throw it together we find some packaging it's thrown together when we get it amen those of you who bag that bread and have to bag those sweets you know how it looks when it but we add pretty to it so they know god loves them when they receive it amen it's hard enough having to take something because you can't afford to buy it or you haven't figured out how to to serve god and get him to bless you directly but he blesses you anyway amen People get offended easily for a number of things. And so we have to make sure that everybody understands we serve a God of abundance. And that's how he does things. That's the excellence that's added into whatever God does. And and for that token, when you start to pray and ask God to answer your prayers, you can believe him for excellent things. You don't believe him for barely enough. You don't go in your your heart. You already got a car that doesn't run right. And you don't trade in for one that still don't run right again. You got me? You wait for God to, to, to put that little bell inside you, let you know it's excellent now. This is your ride right here. Take this and run on with it. Amen. I remember uh, asking my husband to get the car that I have now. I'd ask him for that car uh, for my birthday. And um, I was believing God for it, and I thank God for it. And he kept trying to get me something else. <laughs> you know how wives and husbands are. Huh? And I went. And I told him, I said, you know what? I said, I really think I'm. He said, well, I don't see what's wrong with it. You know how men are. They just, they don't see what's wrong with nothing. I'm going to say, I do. And what I asked for. But I didn't go there. Because my God is in charge. See, you don't have to get mad at people when you put God in charge. I finally learned that. Huh? After booby trapping the gravy and burning the biscuits. Don't go there, Barb. Be sweet. Things with that. <laughs> I said, I don't have to have biscuits that blow up anymore. You mean I can actually give him a normal biscuit and God will bless us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's call him. But I got to church and there was a car in front of the church that was almost what I asked for. And I got excited. I said, He got me that car. And then I said, ain't my car but i'll take it then i said no no no, no, back and forth of course he ain't bought me nothing (laughs) he's still there trying to hide the money from me he come late to church trying to hide stuff from me but i have the wisdom of god word of knowledge word of wisdom tell me where everything is in jesus name no but anyway (laughs) but anyway uh somebody in the ministry her husband sold cadillacs 
and she had a red Cadillac sitting out there, and it was my birthday. I said, I thank you, Jesus. My car is coming. It's almost here. So God did that to encourage my faith. Huh? Listen. Now, this is female trick number. I'm going to close with the female trick number 1,022. Huh? <laughs> no. But when you got a tight husband, huh? And you got Cadillac dreams, you got to have a real big God to get it to you. Amen. And somehow that day, something in my husband converted. I won't say snap because that's one of my favorite shows on television. <laughs> that's a whole different genre. But anyway, converted. He said, he said, what did you say you wanted? I said, oh, that's the man I want to see. Where you been all these months? You been fighting. You let that other husband fight me for four months for this time. Well, come on in here. Let's talk. And uh, I humbly I humbly told him, I said, yeah, I just thought, well, maybe I, you know, that, I just, in my heart, I was like, yeah, we, well, look, baby, but when this baby, we will. <laughs> Female trick number 1,132 is working. Uh, when you get the baby, we will. But you got to hold on to your faith in God. Because that faith can snap and then you go back and get what is not excellent in your mind. You got me? You have to get match it up with what's in your heart, you desire. If you're a saved woman, you want a saved husband. You don't just, just quit messing around with these men that don't know Jesus. Huh? The, the Jesus man is probably praying for a decent, decent wife, but you out there trying to make somebody, don't make me over. You got me? Uh. We already got a song about that, so y'all quit doing that stuff. If you don't believe me, believe the song. Believe Miss Dionne Warwick, okay? <laughs> you got me? And, and so you have to stay with what you believe you received when you prayed. That's what I believed I received when I prayed. And the devil will put all kind of obstacles in front of you. It's always the words of men and the thoughts of man and what man thinks is in his pocketbook. Because, see, I already knew where the real money was. <laughs> you know, so my husband got the car and he, he, of course, got a loan. He always liked using other people's money, you know, if it was more advantageous. It's not advantageous in this day and age. I don't know what happened to the, the cheap money but it's gone but anyway he would do that and then he one day he said he said you know i think i'll pay that car off he said i had enough money to pay cash for it all along i said you rascal you <laughs> but anyway i don't care i have my car you got god will pay for it you understand what god will take care of all of that brothers don't buy you nothing they can't afford huh Unless they can stick you with the payment somewhere down the line. But we ain't talking about no. We talking about holy men. Holy men. <laughs> Praise God. But you must believe in the excellence of the things that you're asking God for. Your faith will bring excellent things to you. Not hand-me-downs, made-overs. or no, And I'm not saying that used things aren't good. But I'm saying things that are altered from the vision that you had when it was in your heart and you prayed for it. 
the reason we don't get what we're asking for is we don't go to God in his word for the vision. That's why it keeps changing. See, when you borrow what you want from the natural realm, it's called covetousness. And that's why God says, thou shalt not do that. And so don't borrow it from the natural realm. God, Let God build it out of his word. Amen. Let him put it. Go in the word. Find what you want. Go shopping in the word of God. Amen. Because if you don't do that, you will settle for something that is not what God has for you. It'll be thorns in your eyes all your life. You know. Amen. Like this husband of mine would be fine if it wasn't for beans, greens, potatoes. I mean, you got a whole list of stuff. That the brother ain't doing right. You understand? what? But you could have got the right brother if you'd asked God for it start instead of maneuvering yourself. Amen? So, you know, don't maneuver on these things. Don't maneuver on anything. Always put everything that you need before the throne of grace. And use your faith for it. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you.